0: Welcome to Drunk A Song of Ice and Fire History. Uh, drunk A Swath, what you thinking about? I'm Chloe, your host, and I am so excited to be here tonight with one of my very good friends, Haley Bowery from The Manimals. Hi! <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I know it's cute because we're like long distance drinking. Right yes, now. it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. Ice and Fire Con is coming so soon in the next. It's 13 days. Yeah, it's or more than
1: that. Yeah, 3 weeks. What's 3 21 21 days. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's Thursday yeah. and we're going to get there Thursday night for our panel together, which we will talk about, but Thursday night is 3 weeks away at the con. Dude, 21. Can you believe one day?
0: <laughs> I have nothing done.
1: Me neither. <laughs> I had no work this week and I was like, originally I was like, I'm going to I'm going to order all my stuff that I need to, like, make costumes and stuff. And then I was just like, oh, never mind.
0: <laughs> oh, don't think I didn't see that Easter egg red wig sitting behind you. Either. <gasps> I do have a red a wig. It's in. there. It's
1: ready. Like It's there. And you know what? I was just like, why don't I... Why don't I just wear a red wig the whole time? Like, there's plenty of people. It, you know, it wasn't, like, super expensive, but it is a lace front, and I've never bought a wig, like, a nice, decent wig before. Like, I've only bought, like, you know, like, yeah. Party City wigs.
0: I'm just gonna wear it the whole time. I mean, there are plenty of characters who are kissed by fire. I have, like, a red lace front uh for a Sansa costume also, and I haven't even. Oh, it's- Yeah. It's from, uh, the last use was at DragonCon, I want to say. Or, no, sorry, Yomacon, right after DragonCon, oh. uh, in November. Oh, shit, uh, yeah. I had to think about it, but it, uh, it's seen its day, and it's <laughs> like, t- like, I'm kind of like, do I salvage? Anyway, it's bad. Cosplay's hard, man. Here's my thinking. So, like,
1: I bought this for a specific purpose, and it's for a character in which that hair might get cut live. Oh. So... <laughs> so- I don't know. I think it's supposed to be a surprise. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a surprise or not. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But I um, I am like, okay, am I going to be cool with cutting this wig now that I own a, a lace front? <laughs> <laughs> I might not be cool with it in the end.
0: We'll see. Uh, I think it'll go well. I'm excited to see the result. And hey you know what? It's just money being cut in half. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's cool. But I was like, oh, before that happens, I could be Sansa, I could be Melisandra, I
0: could be... You could be well, Catelyn, really long- you could be Liza. I could be yeah, Liza,
1: Yeah.
0: God, Danielle Lostin, Egret. you could be so many...
1: Well, I decided, I'm thinking, like, so once it gets all... After the wig gets fucked up, should I be Egret with, like, fucked up pair.
0: yeah like Jon like, Snow like just bangs, right out and I'm here? like a
1: wildling and I don't I don't brush this you know
0: it reminds me of uh you watched the Game of Thrones Coldplay of musical course. thing right yeah it came out you know, <laughs> yes. yeah
1: of course I do yes okay good
0: duh uh it reminds me of when Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie do their little wild oh thing. yeah Right. You make my, I'm going to say that when I look at you with that fucked up ravers, like wild, <laughs> way, I'm going like, wild I'm going to like finger guns. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I was like, it would be very fun to do like party egret in like raver furs.
0: <laughs> or. I'm excited. The Saturday night at Ice and Firecon, we always do the party outfits. And I'm really hyped for this year's. Uh, I won't tell you, but I will hint at you that it involves an ass. <gasps> so Okay. I'm so excited about it. Everything's fun. It's <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually and just to uh, hype in it. It's a couples.
1: Cosplay. <gasps> I don't. I have one couples cosplay. <laughs> That's ah, but it's very That's dumb.
0: Cute, right? Um, We'll we'll get into Ice and Fire Con later. Uh, Haley is yeah. on a podcast. <laughs> uh, she does during during when show is in season mostly. Yeah,
1: it's we do we usually do like a few weeks before. Like a lead-in, and then the actual show, Times. She's on
0: Drinking Game of Thrones, Drinking G- BK, uh, and she is kind of a fellow drunk Game of Thrones podcast, so that's really fun to have a sister. Yeah! Crying.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, ours is definitely, yeah, show-related, because, yeah, we work with the season, um, uh, but it's very drunk, so we have that in common.
0: <laughs> there is a common ground if there's wine involved.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's not always wine, but like if we ever do like a if it, like what we, we like to do, like a fancy, like a special cocktail that has to do with what we think the episode will be about based on the title.
0: That's really good. Like, OK, so for example, I knew this one girl who ran a drinking podcast about Game of Thrones. And mm. the very first episode of season seven, she didn't record an episode because she drank too much whiskey and fell asleep on her couch. And it was like 3 a.m. <laughs> and all the lights were on. The TV was still on. And she looked around and she had like 10 missed Skype calls from her podcast mates. And she was like, oh, no, I missed Dragonstone. So.
1: Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> She's a mess, man.
0: I think she's like, I don't know what happened to that girl. But.
1: Yo, drunk podcast, you got to have the right mindset for it because it's, uh, it's dangerous. <laughs> Me
0: stares directly into the camera and points down at the drunk After Thrones playlist on my YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like we do like what ends up happening is we're like we drink when we get there. We make the drink. We're all hanging out drinking. And then the show airs. And before it starts, we've already thought of a drinking game, you know? Yeah. And so then we're doing a drinking game during the show for an hour plus, And then we start the podcast and we're already a mess like there have been weeks where like I'm I'm all right and I'm like okay I don't think I'm gonna say anything truly embarrassing or dumb this week but there are other times
0: where I'm like I'm really glad that I'm the person who edits this (laughs) you know I feel that same way uh so we kind of did during on season we were doing which this is as good as time as any I guess to actually kind of Say, we are bringing Drunk After Thrones back. Uh, We are redoing from the very start. We are starting in the next few weeks, and we are going to do uh, every single episode, because we have the time, you know, until season (gasps) eight. Holy shit. Yeah, so we're starting (laughs) at the beginning, and we are going to do a Drunk After Thrones. Uh, Hopefully it'll be like a weekly thing, just to leave my liver be, but uh, we kind of drink through the episode. So we start, we pour the drink, we start the episode, and we start drinking during the episode and you know, you down mm-hmm. one to three drinks and then by the end, you're pretty tipsy. You get on Skype uh, because generally Kevin and Elena joined me for that. They were there for the first uh, Drunk After Throne season during season seven. But now uh, I know we have so much more to cover. They can't always be there. So I'm kind of just doing it at whim. Uh, anyone who wants Word. on, we're going. We're watching every episode together. <laughs> and we kind of just touch on plot points after the show. But unfortunately, you know, it gets pretty uh, pretty drunk. After after the show, yeah. you're sitting there like, what the hell did I just watch? And you just down the rest of your two bottles of wine. And <laughs> yeah. like a normal person. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. So we are starting that over now from episode one, season one, one. Uh, <laughs> yeah when are you starting soon like in the next two weeks i will definitely get in touch with you because i would love to have you on during season one i would love to do it i would love to do an older episode we like so we do
1: one called pre-game of Mm. thrones that we like we we lead up to whatever season is happening um so that's that's been kind of fun like and sometimes it really falls apart like i feel like i had one that was like it was supposed to be our season five pre-game of thrones and um no one could do it except for one friend. <laughs> and so we got together and we were like, no one likes season five. And like, we got really drunk and we just we went through the entire uh, season uh, just fast forwarding to all the sex scenes. Ooh. And then that was our, our entire conversation on that podcast was just <laughs> us talking about the, the sex scenes just to make it something different. I love the way you think. <laughs> That's the kind of dumbness you come up with when you're very
0: drunk. <laughs> Absolutely. Um I seriously season 7, I feel like season 7 was just a lot of me complaining about how Euron didn't have blue lips
1: or an eye patch or anything.
0: How I wanted him to cut my tongue out. It was just me screaming into the microphone just like cut my tongue out, I deserve it. And Elena and Kevin were like, what is happening in this podcast? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: What a disappointment.
0: <laughs> I'm like, this is what you chose. Like, you guys mm-hmm. know me in real life, and you heard me get... You know how I am drunk, so now let's, like, join mm-hmm. Like, you know. You know better. Oh, yeah. You just know. I'm excited that, like, we have Drinking Podcasts Unite. I feel yeah. like that's the strongest. Um, but that's not all you do. You are, like, this crazy rock and roll, like, front woman icon. Uh, <laughs> You are from the Manimals, which... You guys have not only a concept album about Game of Thrones called Seven, mm-hmm. you guys are this beautiful nerd, party rock, glam, punk, power pop team from New York, uh, and I had the pleasure of meeting you guys at Ice and Fire Con last year, which was awesome, because it began this beautiful relationship mm-hmm. between us. Uh, <laughs> little tear just went down Love my Love oh, 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 Don't look at it. Uh yeah, um, it was really cool meeting all of you guys last year, and I I didn't know you guys until you were announced for the con. Just it hadn't gotten to me yet, mm-hmm. and you eventually got into my ears because of that. And before the con, I spent like hours just pouring over your music. Like I must know all of these before the convention, oh, girl. You <laughs> break my heart. I love it. <laughs> I know. Like she, you're okay, guys. Haley is gonna be really modest right now, and I'll like blush, blush, blush. I'm like stop. But I'm literally just gonna talk about her for an hour. And she's, like, an exceptional woman uh, (laughs) to talk about. No, seriously, like, the first time I listened through Seven, I had different favorites. It's kind of like when you read Game of Thrones for the first time, you get through A Song of Ice and Fire, and you're like, this is my favorite point of view. This is my Mm. favorite character. But then you, like, read it 12 times or so, and... (laughs) Yeah, right. Completely, you know, normal stuff. Uh, No, you could just, like, I completely changed my mind now on everything I loved. Like, the very first time... I listened to seven, there was a song on there, uh, and every single song, this is a concept album and every single song is amazing. Uh, they're all about characters and their arcs and kind of like basically just like squeezing the essence of their character into like this beautiful, emotional angst of wonderfulness. <laughs> like just like guitars clashing in your ears and Haley's voice just like cradling you as you cry <laughs> and you're really mad, but you're cry- I don't know. It's really good. It's a lot of emotion. Um, but my Thank favorite you. song the first time was Half Ah, uh-huh, okay uh, yeah and it was like the first time I, I'm not a, a Jamie Cersei shipper or anything yeah that's a Cersei song time. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a Cersei song and it has like this part like when I saw you guys do it live there was this part where you and uh, who's a Janie plays guitar. Jane, yeah, I was gonna say Jane. Jane play, got...
1: yeah, he he dresses as his character's name for the seven stuff is Jamie Glamister, and so he yeah. wears like his little like uh, cut off motorcycle red jacket that has says uh, like Hear the golden. Me roar. He says, Hear Me are on the back," and has like a fi- he has a fingerless uh, golden glove. Yeah, it's perfect.
0: <laughs> it's so good during that song. Like, uh, there's this like chorus and it's so like the lyrics like whine at you like it's like the most When you read uh, Feast and you hear yeah. Cersei, her letter to Jamie in Feast Dance, like, I need you, I need you, come at once. It captures the essence of that passage of her desperation and like Jamie's fuck you and her just like just when she's like at the very bottom of her bottom and in the cell even and she just like writes that desperate letter begging Jamie to come back and it just tells this story of their relationship from their childhood to now and her trapped in that cell just like whining he comes up (laughs) on you and like Air humps you, like, grinds. You guys are just, like, this beautiful, like, Jamie Searcy. Like, you bring the energy. It was so cool. I'm floored. I'm floored right now. These people are amazing.
1: Oh, I love you. Yeah, no, yeah, we do like it's become sort of the thing that this is when I perform fellatio on his guitar. Like, <laughs> so, every every time we do half, I I drop down during his solo and just like lick the neck really disgustingly. So um but like we but like these are the best photos that are ever taken of our band is like me licking his guitar and the two of us back to back being like creepy twins, which I'm not sure if everybody knows that's what's
0: going on. And all of our pictures. Oh my God. It's beautiful. It's literally, that's how I understood the relationship of the whole band. I was like, oh, I think I get it.
1: Well, that's great. I mean, like, yeah. I, I okay. So, like, feast is my favorite of my favorite book. I was a show watcher first because I didn't think okay. I'd like it, and uh, I was like, you know, like not like a mega fantasy person, like as an adult, you know. And but then it really opened up a lot for me again, you know. So I watched the show once. I like it. Like, I ran out of show around three, and then I was like, uh, well, I'm gonna read the books now, you know, and um. Feast was like the first thing where I had no information. And so I, that might be part of why it was so special to me. I had no previous conception of like where the story was gonna go. And
0: I also love it because it. when I first started the show, I hated Sansa.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, season one, Sansa is hard to like. She's, like, an obnoxious teenager. She's, like, exactly. somebody who, you know.
0: And that's kind of where in the books it gives a little separation. Like, book mm-hmm. Sansa, you know she's 11. Like, you think of, like, an 11-year-old girl, and it's a lot different than a 13-year-old girl or a 12-year-old girl. I mean, oh, totally. Them them aging her up really is different. It's, like, the difference between her being, like, no, dad, like, I'm going to marry this beautiful prince is, like, mm-hmm. Crazy different from an eleven-year-old to a 13 year olds These days, have iPhones attached to their hips and mm-hmm. better lip gloss than I do. <laughs> yeah, or at least more expensive. I don't. <laughs> uh, I guess I can't judge, but like, uh, you know, eleven-year-olds are like that's fifth grade. You're awkward still-ish these days. Yeah, I. I mean, even just comparing, it's nuts to think. So that did do that kind of character a disservice because in the books, you kind of like. Oh yeah. no! Oh, you dumb young girl. Like, we've mm-hmm. all. I remember doing really stupid shit now as an eleven-year-old. But when sure. I watched the show, man, I hated her. I was like, Oh my God, she's so annoying. And everyone I knew told me I looked like her. looked <laughs> a lot like her, yeah. And I was like, No, it was a nightmare. I got to season two, and I was like oh man and the wildlings and i was like egret egret's my favorite and i wanted to cosplay egret because Mm -hmm. i do a lot of the conventions as you know and like i was very excited about that i made my then like i was seeing at the time like i made him a Jon snow costume and like i made myself an egret i was so excited i was like this is Mm -hmm. the shit so i started reading the books right after season two aired Mm -hmm. i was like all right i gotta get me in this and i would i bought the books on ebay I don't know why I didn't just like buy them from a bookstore. I'm a piece of shit. I I'm on eBay, and I was like, all right. I walked up to the local diner. I ordered like my favorite thing, this thing that the diner makes by me. Uh, it's called hippie hash. If you ever had it, no, no? I have not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like a bunch of greens and some feta and like some uh some meat, some uh gyro meat, all fried up and like. Really good, really good shit. I highly recommend it if you ever see it on a menu or any of a variation. Obviously, I'm sure somewhere else makes it. I would walk up there, get my hippie hash, get my coffee, be sitting at a table, and I would just read the books. And I got through all of them, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so much better than the show. And season Mm -hmm. three happens, and I'm like, okay, whatever. It was good. I need more of this. Like, season four was the worst of me because the first half, I was like, okay, some of this is weird, but I'm still into it. It's an Mm -hmm. adaptation. Sure. At the end of the season. The last two episodes, I was just like, "This isn't."
1: <laughs> well, four, four ends with like a field of skeletons, right?
0: I'm like, that's my hopes and <laughs> dreams about the show. So mad, and like, I still appreciate it for what it is. Obviously, I mean, absolutely, that's how adaptations go. You can't have yes. everything, but I was just like. There's so much more to all of this. This is bullshit. I was so mad. Of course. I ran this fan page. We're still, we're not really active right now, but I run this fan page on Facebook uh, with a friend called The Page of Many Faces. We have some memes, some dank memes and some fun (laughs) stuff. But season five, we had a pretty good spoiler source sending us some stuff. And uh, my friend who runs it with me, Shelly, the lady Shelly on Twitter, she said to me, she's like, Chloe, I have bad news for you. And I was like, what? And she's like, season five? Sansa's going home to Winterfell to be Jane Poole. And I'm like, oof, no, oof. no. And yeah. I not believe her, dude. I would not. I was so mad. I would not believe her. And she was like, okay. And the trailer came out and it had Sansa and the crypts of Winterfell. And I looked at her and I was like, no, it's still not happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then it happened. And that was like, you know, the moment when Sansa saw her dad's head get chopped off. Mm hmm. That was like my moment. That
1: was... <laughs> Going back and watching the first few seasons, I still really enjoy it. Like there is definitely stuff. There's stuff in there where I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, <laughs> why do you do that? But I remember my watching of it the first time, you know, and it was like, I still I, I still feel like they were capturing some emotional element that I thought was
0: good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's a. Uh, I mean, there's nothing like each time the king of the north is pronounced like John's even sure. like you can't yeah. sure you get like you get oh, dude, when you watch a show, when you watch a show,
1: you get a swell of music, you get like the like, uh, watery Kit Harrington yes. eyes, you get like. <laughs> It's you, you get so incredible, emotional. incredible visuals and like all of that shit. Like that, that's fantastic. And I feel like that carries through. And there are some actors who are just so on point. Oh my god, and uh, so Lena well Lena Headey
0: makes the show. Lena, oh god, Hedy, yeah, I mean, we love Lena Headey. Yeah. My <laughs> personal belief, if we're gonna go there, is that like Lena Headey is only still around because she carries the show. Cersei, I think she'll die in T. Wow. Mm, yeah,
1: it's <laughs> that
0: is quite possible. That that is quite possible. I'm working on a really big analysis about it and, like, a theory. Really cool. Brendan B. Fish, Jeff, uh, from around the internet, he's been helping mm-hmm. me with it because, like, I'm not I'm not keen when it comes to the army stuff. He has a brain for that. I'm just mm. not. I went to him with it. I was like, hey, you want to help me? Because I don't. I'm just a young girl who knows little of the ways <laughs> of war. Like, What's battle like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't understand how the numbers always work. Sometimes, like, that's my one weak point. Everybody has an Achilles heel and an of a song by some fire. That's mine, man. I read these books and I'm like, I read the battle. I don't really get it. Like, I don't know what they did, but it sounded like so-and-so won, so good for, you know, like, I don't know. Bro, I'm the
1: exact same about battle stuff. Like, I'm like, uh, I'm happy to watch a scene. Yeah, like, I liked how the dragons did that thing. <laughs> like, when it comes down to a battle scene, like, I'm usually not that engaged, book or show.
0: Well, that's why, I like, Watch. Black- was the best episode of Game of Thrones because I agree (laughs) it took the story that I was like I desperately want to understand the tactics and I kind of do but I need more and it took that and it made it more like it brought it to life really well it included the chain you know it was just Mm -hmm. some of those little things were really great so I loved Blackwater but like enter those books with that thought you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's not some some people like jeff for example he is so brilliant with that because yeah. his mind is likened to that but i just i'm more in for it like the character analysis the political right. machinations oh totally that's why you want you want that
1: all that stuff, backst- like backstory stuff inside the red keep with the women and like that that yeah. makes it really powerful i don't know i'm a little less excited about uh, an exciting uh, visual battle, like, on screen. So, I don't know. I remember that's why mm-hmm. I was actually... I didn't like the Lord of the Rings movies because, like, there was so much battles. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that's kind of lame of me, no, but, like, that no. was sort of my vibe. And I... So, when I, when I like a battle in Game of Thrones, I'm like, okay, this was well done for whatever reason. Like, I cared about the characters enough. I cared about both sides enough. I cared about... Uh, you know, what? whatever. I think that that's helpful.
0: (laughs) No, I agree to that extent because I'm about to get crucified, you know, Pontius (laughs) Pilate on this podcast. Um, If we're going to get, hey, Easter was just last week, so I feel like we can stay in the spirit, you know? It can happen, Uh. yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. Um, (laughs) Nailed it, yes. (laughs) Get it? Yeah, like the nine-inch nails that she's... Yeah, anyways, so I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, I don't, I, I, so I haven't tried to read Lord of the Rings. It, it just never, I was a little too young, uh, for that like nerdy craze of when it first reemerged as like a, Oh, the movies are coming out. So everyone's rereading the books. Like kind of like how, I mean, probably how people from the nineties that read the books this whole time I felt, I didn't start reading it then. Uh, I'm a poser, you know, like totally. I, I, I jumped on after the show, but I jumped on a, before the Red Wedding. So I kind of feel like there I should go. get a sticker. You know what you I mean? You should.
1: I was immediately after the Red Wedding. No sticker for me.
0: You know what? No, you still get a sticker because the people that were like at season five, I'm like, fuck you. And now you love it. Like, get out. Know. Right. Uh, <laughs> some of us, this is a labor for love. You yeah. know, no, like it's for some true. of us. True. Uh
1: true.
0: Some of us like Red the, wed, the, the, the Red, the Red, the Red, the can you say that? Say that three times fast. Red, red the, the Red, Red, red
1: nope, can't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is really hard because that's, yep, Red, the Red, the Red, yeah. That so that one, when I, like, when I read that, I was like, oh, my heart broke ten times harder than the show, and I didn't mm. think that was real. Like, yeah. that's a big emotion, like, biggest of moods. For sure. I really think Cersei will die in the wins winter. I have like I have it mapped out pretty well right now. It'll be out soon, but it's uh yeah. it's a good one. There's a I, lot there. I
1: could see that totally happening. Like I was I've I've always been really intent on a like Jamie Cersei face off of some kind. Yeah. I but um I don't know. I don't know now. The way they set up the end of this season, this past season.
0: Yeah. How it's set up in the books is so in the outline of, like, The Wind's a Winner, where Jaime and Brienne are in the beginning. Yep. Where Cersei is in the beginning. Like, she's about to have yep. her trial by the first quarter of the book. Then by the middle end, I think it's going to go that she'll end up fleeing the Red Keep towards the end of her plot. and I, yeah. think, I think The Wind's a Winner. And uh, poor Quentin Emmett Booth and I, if you know of him, my associate. I do! My (laughs) my workplace associate, Everett Bush. If you know of him, he's from Not A Cast or his own blog, which is excellent, poorquentin.tumblr.com. Great content, hashtag. Uh, Just to give a plug, I guess. He and I have been talking about how, like, the end of The Winds of Winter is so set up for a kind of like a climax on our hero's end for like the Starks, Sansa to finally leave the Vale and go home. Jon's awakened and about to do some savior shit. Daenerys is probably gonna return home to Westeros. Like all these big, Aegon is probably gonna get coronated, I think. Like all this big bullshit is about Mm -hmm. to go off. You know, like uh, the wall may be coming down. uh, Euron blowing the Horn of Winter. Like all this shit is going down. And I think that you need a big villain death I don't think Littlefinger will die yet.
1: Yeah, I could I could
0: hold him off a little. Yeah, sure. I don't think Sansa's going to be in the Vale or from home from the Vale. Sorry, I don't think Sansa will be home from the Vale until the very beginning of Dream of Spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think end of Wind of Winter will end with this really big Sansa moment of her rallying the Vale to go home with her to Winterfell. You know, Yeah. That's, I think it's going to be like these big penultimate moments for all of these characters, and I'm really interested to see how it all goes down. Obviously, but. I think that you need a big villain death, and I mm. think Cersei's the big villain death because she is she's just being real fucking stupid. First yeah.
1: Time. Well, bro, to like br- like bring it back around, like part of like the re- like I was talking about, like I love feast for probably because of seeing Cersei's brain like for the first time. Dude, those chapters were nuts. She's yeah. crazy. She's crazy, and like I I actually think that was one of my first like why. I- that's why I like it so much. Also, I like fell in love with oh, the yeah. books over show because the show really did not give me enough of any of that. Like, I I think Lena Headey is incredible, but I like in terms of like what they were able to tell with that plot, there was not enough.
0: Lena Headey in my head, like that's one of the characters of the show that I just she is Cersei to me. Yes. Like I read the books and one of the parts in the books that is the most haunting moment for me during when they're at Dairy. Mm. And, you know, Sansa has just said, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I can't, like, you know, yell about the king. Like, I'll be in trouble. I'm betrothed to him. I can't get my dad in trouble. Right. So Sansa's just, you know, I don't know. I don't, I didn't see what happened. And Arya's like, you liar, yada, yada. And Cersei, you know, says, I want the wolf's skin. And Robert's like, we don't have it. And she goes, Mm. we have a wolf. She says like quietly, it's like, and her emerald eyes are gleaming. And it's Mm. like the most, it says how quietly she, like George literally writes, she says it quietly with like a smirk around her eyes. And it's the most evil villain, evil queen moment Yeah, I have ever seen. And I see Lena Heaty in my head doing it. And I see her just looking up at her eyebrow, that eyebrow she does. Mm. Oh girl. Yeah. That eyebrow she does. I see that pushing upwards and her just that little tiny smirk she does and her going so yeah. quietly that it's scary. We have a wolf. I am so grateful to the show, even for that, because to human like to humanize that moment in my head and like see her, but then also to humanize Cersei. Like George, the mm. way he writes her from the very beginning, like this little girl who's also in love with princes and she wanted yeah. to be Rhaegar.
1: Such a Sansa at, at that moment in her life,
0: <laughs> except a little nastier. <laughs> yeah. Right, like, killing her best friend. Like, Sansa would never kill Jane Poole. In fact, I think she will totally, like, avenge in her name, you know? Like, she will totally, totally be like, Jane Poole, that's my bit. You compare a Ned to a
1: Tywin, and, like, that's that's just the vibe that was given to them as, as babies.
0: <laughs> dude, Sansa is, like, she is Ned Jr. People never mm-hmm. want to admit that, but she is Ned Jr.
1: Dude. Ned was, our Arya is an, like, Arya is an extreme, taking all the sort of justice- uh, bringing kind of into her own hands. So- I would say Arya is actually a uh, very cat. Yeah, actually, for sure. Like uh, very impulsive. Very uh, yep. uh, being like, well, this is black this is and what's white. right. Yeah, very black and white. <laughs> this is what's right, and I'm gonna take it into my own fucking hands. While well, Ned is a
0: deliberator for sure. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. Ned thinks about like the consequences, especially with regards to his yeah. family like he sits there and he doesn't make a choice because he goes this could affect my family yeah. horribly and they would all die and you know why he thinks that yeah because look at his past look what happened yeah, in the dude. past look what <laughs> he brought Jon Snow home to protect his sister's name and protect mm. him For his sister. He promised her. He is an honorable man. And he knows he wants to do what's right and do it right. And that's something that's so interesting. And why so many people are so... Ned Stark is the forefront of Stark loyalism. Oh, yeah. The Starks. You bet. I know we talked about how much I love (laughs) half. And, again, I'm going to, like, sit here and be all like, Haley, now you have to be (laughs) humble about yourself. Like, awkwardly, like, prod you through the computer. We're going to talk about... I want to talk about, Mm. personally... Three of my favorite Manimal songs from Seven. And again, if you are in a Song of Ice and Fire fan, but you also like music, I don't understand how you couldn't like this music. So it's really good. I literally like, so I left Ice and Fire. I didn't like think I was going to buy shit
1: from you guys at
0: all. And I didn't. I literally immediately went on your band camp and bought your album, leaving the con. Like, bought the album. I like made a band camp account just Bro. to buy the album. <laughs> so I got to listen to this while I drive home from Ohio tonight because I was staying with my friends who lived in Ohio and uh, that night I had to go home for work the next morning. So I was like, I got to get there. I got to download this on their Wi-Fi. And I got to go <laughs> home and listen to this whole album and memorize it. So... Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I have favorites. Uh, my three favorite songs. <laughs> get ready. Brace yourself. They are mm-hmm. Lone. That, Ab, that is the Jon Snow uh, song. Dude, Lone is so good. Teeth. That's an oh, Arya Stark him. song. And Good, which is a Brienne of Tarth yes. song. All of them. Those three, though. Like, they're all... All of these songs are really good. I just can't, like, I'm not being paid for this. Dude, I listen to them all the time. I posted some tweet a long time ago about the walls of my apartments are really thin, and my neighbors are probably appreciating me, like, screaming the lyrics to Lone from, like, my Bluetooth speaker. I was just getting it. Lone is, like, so cool because not only is it just a Jon Snow song, but it captures that hero journey Hmm. thing, you know? Like, you just feel like, the strain of the hero's journey and the strain of Jon Snow's birth of, like, R plus L equals J. And, like, my favorite lyrics are, you have to check Mm -hmm. the song out because it's just, like, it's this 80s, like, (laughs) slow dance. Like, you're at 80s prom and you're slow dancing to this angsty rock grunge song with, like, the really cute punk rock girl. (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm in 1989. I don't know, but it's it's really (laughs) bad. Exactly. It's totally (laughs) rad. Uh, (laughs) The lyrics are...
2: Blue Roses
0: Also. Yeah. And just John and Egret have all these moments in the books where they say things, but they're totally Rhaegar and Leon. Yeah. They're saying like John lies next to Egret and he's got his little bower <laughs> crossed up on her butt. Yes. Yeah.
1: And he's just like, yes, yes. Brian, right. he's play he's playing this like and honestly, like with her, it's like playing a southerner and a northerner again. <laughs> up like further north. <laughs> they are like I don't know. There, there is something very interesting happening there. I love the John and Egret stuff because it challenges him and his, uh, his convictions so deeply in a way where even him being like, oh, finding out that Rob is gonna rebel and doesn't challenge him in the same way, in the same emotional way
0: as Egret does, copies off of Ned so much like Ned's my dad, my lord Brian. father, my lord father, and he doesn't even know the truth and like he's doing more of what his lord father would do than he knows. Yes,
1: like Ned is like this lawful good kind of person, but he also acts from the heart in such a irrational dumbass way. He's a dragon. <laughs> Right, but it was like that that is a thing in their family, like you're you're acting off of this emotion that yeah, even even when you know what's right and wrong, you know?
0: It, yeah. Yeah. And the thing you guys grasp in this, even like without your beautiful, (laughs) amazing lyrics and vocals, like if I had to cut that out so you wouldn't have to be so humble, the melody of the song isolates you. You just feel so, Mm. you feel alone. You feel it. You understand those years that John grew up as a bastard as like, okay, (laughs) I shit on John a lot because he's a mediocre white kid (laughs) from the suburbs of Winterfell. Dude, I'm a bastard, too, and I grew up in a decent home, and, like, I'm pretty decent. So, like, shut up, John. We got it. You're emo, (laughs) right? Like, you listen to My Chemical Romance. We know.
1: (laughs) I could have made this an emo
0: song. Maybe I should (laughs) have. At the same time, like, we all know that feeling as a teenager. Like, some of us, more than others, like I said, like, some of us get it, you know, like, oh, you don't know your parents, technically. you know a parent. And, yeah, they're the best parent ever. Like, Ned Stark treated John like his own. Right. You know, he was allowed at the feast. He was like, la- "Catalin was like, I'll suffer it for my lord husband Ram. because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because, you know, whatever. Uh, that's the societal <laughs> norm, which is fucked up. Anyways, I digress. That isolation, that feeling just of like, It doesn't matter that my life is okay. Like, I still Mm -hmm. feel empty. I still feel weird. I'm a teenager. (laughs) I don't know my real mom. I don't know any of this shit. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, I
1: thought this was actually going to be something. It's like, almost like he thought he was joining a cool religion. (laughs) And then he's like, (laughs) every. And it's like and honestly you're also amongst like mostly rapists. So it's a very different thing than you thought you would dedicate your life to. Like e- like I understand the purifying idea of like getting away and doing this other thing.
0: In a way, he was just as Sansa and Bran like, you know what I mean, like that they yeah. thought knighthood and values he went into the night's watch thinking this is honorable this is the thing to do and he shows up and there's these rapists and people that don't know how to talk or do things or make food or brandish sword and he's just like how do you not know this shit you fucking bitch you basic bitch and he's alone there he was alone at home where he was just a bastard even though he learned nice things and then he gets stuck with these wildlings and he finds someone that Mm -hmm. You know, feels almost as out of place as he does in the world. And while he's not a wildling, he's uh, definitely privileged from being a Stark of Winterfell. Noble upbringing, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) The wildlings, Donald Noyla gives him the, hey, don't be a dick, dude. You've had so much life that these people haven't like these people were (laughs) raised in fucking wells by like fucking hookers like that's what he's saying he's like you're an idiot don't be a dick dude like you've had so much more even then like yeah he has but yes
1: you have this good upbringing but at the same time like no one has ever claimed you you know no one has ever
0: really Ned tried he did as much as he could He can't do more than that. That was all he could do that was acceptable in that society. Someone like
1: John is always going to be searching for that place where he feels like he's at home. and So
0: I have a stepdad who's amazing. He was the best thing that's ever happened in my life. I am eternally grateful. But I get that because I remember being young and not understanding and not grasping that of like, somebody didn't want me. A parent didn't want you. That's a big, that's worse than any breakup you could have. That you, yeah, you live your life thinking, my mom didn't want me. That's what he thought, you know. He thought someone didn't want me. I was bad enough, and he. That's where it, it's hard mm-hmm. because all of these characters are such great characters. There's such great morality. Like, oh, Catalan, totally. I think Catelyn Stark is an amazing character because from her side of view, when you look at it, like you totally get it. You go, oh, Catelyn, baby, all right? Sweetie, I-
1: and like, dude, you're, and then like your husband has. He, he could have at any time given you any piece of information or a clue, you know? But he he kept this from you, you know? He, there, there are a million things he could have done differently. Like, I honestly think he he could have trusted Callan to do the right thing. But, yeah, he didn't. But it, it fucking drove her crazy. Like, there could have been a better life for her and for John, That
0: didn't involve any of this, but
1: then we wouldn't have a story, so it's okay. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Uh I just I do love that isolation though that Lone really grabs. Like that you just hear there's this part where (laughs) Haley is just singing and repeating Lone and it's just like this moment like (laughs) it has this embodiment of wolves out in like the open, like one wolf solely howling at the moon, and that's Jon Snow (laughs) in this song, and it's so cool.
1: Oh, thank you bro. Like I I was inspired by um actually uh by Velvet Underground. Uh
0: I love the Velvet Underground.
1: Shit, dude. Shit. I had recently when I wrote Lone, uh, seen Jesus and Mary Chain, which is a great band, and they ha- they're they like an 80s band who does very like, oh, uh, like, you know, like big reverby ballads, kind of in the way that Velvet Underground did. Um, and so they have a song called Some Candy Talking, and it's a song about drugs. It's just like, just blatantly about, <laughs> about doing yeah. drugs. You know? Right. 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 So like, so this is a drug song and like it, it is a reference to heroin by the Velvet Underground. So uh, I was looking at both of those songs and I was like, I want to write that. Uh, I really want to write that. And I want it to be like this sort of thing where it's like you are resisting the whole time being this creature, you know, and... Um, You know, it's almost like a werewolf song in a way, like, you know, like, it's like he's, he doesn't want to be this animal that uh, can't resist this stuff that that takes him off his his path, which he thinks his path is to be like this righteous dude, you know, (laughs) and it's like the hero's journey means becoming the werewolf man like you have to be a an animal
0: kill the boy kill the boy yeah
1: kill the boy be a fucking wolf (laughs) honest that's the song i wanted to write and like so i referenced both like heroin and some candy talking in that song like musically like if that's like the thing that you're responding to i like hope that's what it is because it was this idea of like spinning out into uh rage and uh sickness and addiction and lust and like it's like i i cannot withstand sin
0: so i think there's a really cool thing in rhaegar and liana uh in being original sin oh yeah that's how john and egret were they were original sin in the story that was yeah john's original sin was fucking egret that was his like As he sat there in guilt as he was, like, pumping inside of her. (laughs) And that's what you capture. You capture that addiction, that original sin, that flesh on flesh, that, like, groping. (laughs) And the way that you capture in half, like, this, like, sexual groping, weird, electric feeling, you capture that in this, and it's just, like, this physical wanting that you cannot overcome. You can't say no to this.
1: Yeah, are some Hamilton references. Say no to
0: this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think you. I think you nailed loan. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I get it. Like, especially because you know Jamie goes home and he doesn't want it, but he wants it, and just like Eret says, yeah. I didn't want to want it, but I did. Oh like, god, for oh, sure. That wanting, that primal, animalistic giving into the wolf, the dragon, whatever you want to say, lust. Yeah, I'm
1: very interested in that. In all of Game of Thrones, like we just did this thing on history Westeros, like you and I about yeah. animals, and it's like the the whole the whole sigil thing, like of these creatures that kind of like speak to your nastiness
0: in a way. <laughs> is yeah,
1: really interesting. Like,
0: what does that say about House Eastermont? Are they just turtling? <laughs> or are they just like? Eh, eh? <laughs>
1: Uh, uh. yeah no like uh, there are some bummer houses like I know Olena is really bummed out about growing strong
0: <laughs> but like hey dude uh... showers are better than gr- wait no growers <laughs> fuck I fucked it up
1: <laughs> we're drunk listen um, yeah. growers
0: are better than show. you know what anyways so
1: growing strongers are better than showing stronger
0: <laughs> double triple quadruple and entendre that was good
1: I don't even know what. Um, okay, but yes, like there is something very interesting. Like I, I liked when I was writing this to have this animal thing to turn back to. Like, um, there is such visceral stuff. Like, oh, okay, like if you're gonna write music about a story you like, <laughs> right? My guide, my guide would be identify the universal emotion from them. And that's where you work from. Like, you find, like, what you get about it. And that's where, uh, that's why good music comes about, like, I hope. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, A Song of Ice and Fire elicits all this emotion from fans. I mean, think about how passionate, I don't know if you were following it all, but Davos Fingers is a podcast that they did that. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that do the March Madness matchups. Right, yeah. And I blocked seven people this round. Uh because because, (laughs) (laughs) I saw some I saw some Sansa moments. Yeah. Yeah. They were saying all this shit that like I mean this is a this is a battle that tears people apart. You know what I mean? Like this is like you see people on your timeline that you're like, I never knew you felt that way, and I must murder you now. Like
1: if you want to elicit something from others, like I wanted to kind of make something where it's like maybe someday. I didn't know I'd like play at conventions, you know, (laughs) like I was like when I wrote this, I was like someday people who are like running out of content. Suddenly find this thing and they're like, oh my god, it's like this like little secret where I can like dig apart a song, oh
0: my god. and it makes me feel emotional. and like, that's the thing I want. This album seven again. If you guys have not I'm gonna have the Bandcamp link below. And <laughs> if you have not bought it, you need to get on it. Even if you can like stream it first from Bandcamp and listen to each song, but pay for it after because man. I, I don't, I don't buy a lot of bullshit. Okay. Like I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty wine and potatoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, sometimes potatoes or vodka. It depends. I don't buy a lot of shit. Uh, this year at on Firecon, there are a bunch of vendors and I'm like, oh, I got to buy shit from them because they're really good. And I'm kind of flipping mm. out because I'm like, I never buy shit. Um, but this was something that, like, after I listened to it, I just threw my money at the screen, because even if you're just a music lover, even if you've only watched a show, even if you haven't watched a show, or listened to a song, or whatever, you know what I'm saying. If you have which also, why you've you- have never heard a song. You're like, yeah, even if you've never heard of music in your life, like, it's just, like, it's some really good fucking jam music, especially driving. I drive a lot. I do a lot of trips for Word. comedy, so, like, when I hear this shit, I'm just like- yeah, this is my shit. Like, it's just like rock and roll at its best. Like, also nerdy. Like, you're sitting there like, oh, I love Game of Thrones. Even if you don't, like, read the books, you can go, I love Khaleesi. I hoped that people would like this, even if they
1: didn't read read or watch. Like, I was like, I want to write something where... We could, we could be like the, the, the emotion is so universal that like my sister, my sister who watched the pilot with me the first time oh. when we were like, Hey, we like Game of Thrones. Probably not. And we watched it drunk, you know, like, and she fell asleep. Like every time, every time they went to the wall, she fell asleep. I was—I want to write a a record where, like, even she is like,
0: I get the emotion. You're collapsing the plots down to like a three minute forty second song. You know, like
1: it's tiny. It's yeah, it's teeny tiny, and it's also uh, yeah. Okay, so I wrote this right before season six. So I wrote it at the end of season five. Yeah. When I I started writing it that summer. That's where like kind of the plot stop. Like, um, in terms of, like, uh, information, but, uh, it was creative. Yeah, I feel like the emotion of, like, getting to that spot, it's, a lot of times when I look back at those songs, I'm like, yeah, I kind of did the right thing, like, that's kind of where the plot went, like, I, I, I watched the arc close enough,
0: and that's where it went. Yeah. I hope. I think you, honestly, like, okay, so, my next favorite song. (laughs) Yay! Me, <laughs> the most balloting podcast. Haley's sitting here, like, I am great, thanks. I'm
1: chugging, I'm chugging a bottle of wine, and being like,
0: all about me. <laughs> Everyone should want to be on this podcast because I'm just gonna sit here and get drunk and tell you how great you are. It's honestly what I'm like in real life, too. So, Chloe, please is be a my friend,
1: angel. Yeah, <laughs> <be your> friend.
0: <laughs> so, there was a sidebar, I just cut. Because it was yes. the end of one of my most important theories of all time. That Haley and I... I will never forget Haley because she just helped me find the truth in my whole life. <laughs> Haley Bowery, the most beautiful woman in the entire universe. And she's so smart. And she's on this call with us. Uh, I love you. I'm so excited. <laughs> Ice you. and Fire Cod is going to be so good. Haley and I have this panel. And we're going to talk about it so soon. But we have to talk yes. about this song that they okay. wrote. The Manimals man- okay. do this beautiful song called Teeth. And if you've ever... <laughs> Wanted to feel just like a, especially okay, if you're listening to this and you identify as a woman, if you just want to have the best like female experience, empowerment ever, <laughs> you got to listen to the song Teeth. By the Manimals. If you love Arya Stark, I'm a big Spotify user. I have like fandom playlists because especially when I'm writing, they put me in the mood to write. If I'm cosplaying at a con, they put me in the mood to like put my makeup on for that character and like get in the mood and just like chill. I like Spotify. I like playlists. I love music. So Teeth by the Manimals is so good because it's an Arya Stark song and the lyrics that are my favorite lyrics are uh, from the bridge towards the end.
2: Dark wings, dark words, sermon.
0: The most badass, like Arya Stark brandishing needle around. Like, okay, I have two really big, big moods about this. Uh, Arya Stark just like, all like, okay, I'm gonna avenge my goddamn family. I have my little fucking sword that's a needle and I'm gonna stab you with it. <laughs> and I hate you, fuck you, you know. But also, also, then there's this like lyric that there's two lyrics that are just so Arya Stark that connect her to home. And there's her, like, can't you hear my brothers laughing? running, gasping, and I pass them, just her, like, skit- warging into wolves. And then there's this line, my favorite, favorite part, is that there's this little Sansa nod, which Arya tends to, like, reference all her brothers and then go, even Sansa. Like, I'll I'll still love Sansa because (laughs) she's my sister. She's my big sister, and we fight, but I love her. And she has this line that they wrote in this that is turn me to steal like Sansa's porcelain ivory to steal and it makes me oh. think of just like am I writing meta about your lyrics right now Um, I love it <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed um, with you go on go tell me more Um, <laughs> there's just like Arya it's so cool uh, Arya is always like you know, I have to forget my identity and lose my whole identity, but I'll never not be a Stark. And she like always is yeah. skin changing into a wolf or warging into a wolf. And like, just like the most Stark bullshit and all like, you should be righteous and good. Like, why are you a bad person? Like to Sandor or Clegane when she's like, why are mm. you being a murderer? And he's like, cause I was trained to be a murderer my whole life. Like, Just, like, uh, she has this black and white Stark, like, you know, like, you should be a good person, not a bad person thing. And it comes out, that like, no matter, every time she tries not to be a Stark, she becomes a Stark. You know? She's as stark as he gets. And I love that about Teeth. Teeth is just as, like raucous bang your head yeah badass i'm a wolf bitch stark loyalty (laughs) bitch you know that was sort of what i was going for
1: like uh i I was trying to do this you know like when we watch the show
0: (laughs) i've heard of it
1: (laughs) there's this feeling yeah Arya stark and you're like cheering about this child killing a human right not
0: exactly the best like cheering moment but in our eyes (laughs) We're psyched because like we want her to get
1: justice and I totally get it. But I wanted to have this this weird conflict inside the song of being like Arya's posturing. She is trying to take on anything that she thinks will make her powerful against the horrors of the world you know we can't cheer for that that's fucked up she's killing people (laughs) so i wanted to make this thing where we're having this like glam stompy punk rock shit where we are stoked we're singing along and then all of a sudden it drops like the bottom drops out and she gets to just give away that she's however old she is at this point, like in the story, which is like a 10.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I imagine it as like a winds of winter, like post mercy, Mm -hmm. like three quarters into winds of winter. Yeah, I buy that for sure. Exactly
1: kind of where it is. Like, obviously I wrote it. What did I say at the end of five? You had her slitting uh, Boros, right? No. Yeah. Right before her trying to do real faceless man stuff. It's like she's trying to find the identity that is going to give her the most power. And um, so I think what I wanted was this moment of real vulnerability. And then her getting to say like, yeah, I'm the wolf bitch. And like she is coming back as being like the most powerful thing I can be is just being a Stark. <laughs> like no matter what. And <laughs> What I can be is be a Stark. And it's like, no matter how, like, dark I wanted to get, I'm good. <laughs> it might hurt, but
0: but I'm good. Kind of like my other favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> We're drunk.
1: We're very drunk.
0: I'm at my very last bit. My absolute favorite, well, my third favorite. Not my, I can't choose ai fa- love all, Lone is, like, the first one I think of. These three? Okay, As okay. you know, I tweet about it. I just, it's just like, so I love Lyanna Stark. I don't give it. Rhaegar can burn, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck boys are fuckboys. boys. We'll talk about some fuckboys boys in a minute, but, like, fuck boys are fuckboys. boys. But, like... Cool. Man, this is a good one, too. They're all good. All three of those, like, have different moods they put me in. Like, <laughs> like I said, I drive a lot. I, uh, I'll drive, like, an hour to a comedy show. Yeah. So it's the perfect amount of time for me to listen alone. Listen to every <laughs> song on 7, really. And then, like, once I, like, get, like, that's, like, three quarters of the way in, I get a couple rap songs at the end, get real pumped. I'm like, man, I just yelled about being Aria for, like, seven minutes. Uh, If you ever get the chance to see the Manimals do Seven Live or do a song from Seven Live, uh, Talk is also really fun. They are so fun. They break the audience into parts, and you harmonize, and you sing along. It's just so cool. It's, like, such a bonding... (laughs) it's a really cool harmony too i'm a music nerd i play some instruments and i was in choir like my whole life i i was the second soprano if you understand what that means you know you get the weird shit yes, yes! me too i was like not a girl not yet a woman you know what i mean <laughs> yes exactly so you get the weird shit the weird harmony shit they're like you're smart enough to be able to be on this weird note this whole t-. talk is amazing for that that's another mm-hmm. favorite Originally, I love and again, like mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm like, there's mother, there's summer, there's all these songs. Like I'm trying to only stick it to three, <laughs> and I've already talked about like twenty of them, and there's only seven on the fucking album. How did that work out?
1: Yeah, no, okay. So we we talk about there's a Danny song, mother. We've got Arya, John, Tyrion, then we've got Cersei on half. And then Brianna's good. And then the last song is "Summer," which is a Brand song, which I love. That's the that's the record. There's only seven. And then we also did a cover of "Bear and the Maiden Fair." If that's the thing you're into, you can get it as
0: part of the record. But you should yeah. too, because it's so good. <laughs> God, it's good. I can't. Like, okay. hey, I'm uh trying to make good. <laughs> All right, tell me about it. <laughs> Gonna put these clips in, so you'll hear these 20 to 30 second clips. Uh, of these songs it's like hit clips like from the 90s you know like or two thousand, whatever so good is so cool because it's Brienne of Tarth and it follows her hero's Mm. journey which like that's what's you guys highlight a lot of the heroes I know you're eventually working on a follow up you've mentioned very briefly which someday at some point yeah no I get it I'm all about projects that need time that's what makes them so good Yeah. so (laughs) right George and Mm. uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I'm crying it's fine if you don't know Brienne's journey you know she resembles I think Brienne is such a big character for women in general because we or anyone struggling with their gender identity or anything like just struggling to fit in in a world that denies you of that fitting in Brienne resembles just so much of that and this song really gets it. Brienne has this, like, moment, you know, she is born into this family with ideals of knighthood and valor and chivalry, just like Sansa Stark has these dreams, just like, etc. And Brienne doesn't exactly get the luxury of being a beautiful person. She's an awkward, tall girl, which I get, with, like, a weird-shaped yeah. body, which I also get. And <laughs> she, like, she lives in this life of, like, she's in the public eye and she doesn't even want it and she's a good person. It's just a deserve anything that yeah. happens to her And... Uh, the, the the lyrics that I love so much uh, the manimals kind of detail Brienne's journey through not only her life as being the truest knight in the story pretty much right now the purest, the goodest but not only do they detail that journey of the, her knighthood but also in the verse they kind of detail her life growing up and being bullied and being put into this like persecution for being a woman or trying to be different or break outside the gender norms uh, and also her journey through loves because she was betrothed or she had boys trying for her favor, uh, which I do want to very briefly get on. We've been chatting forever, I know, but I do have a little, we have a little more because we have to talk about how much Heil Hunt sucks. Yeah, um, yeah, fuck him. Fuck Hunt. Good by the Manimals travels through my favorite bit. Third one would have-
2: Suffered three broken bones. I discover I'd never know any others. Is this life just a dry run? Male face preaching at the touch, someone not enough daughter, not enough son. Someday I'm gonna make good. I am gonna make good. I am gonna
1: make good. I just really like this journey. Through three, like, I, one of the best uh, uh, feedbacks I got about this record was that this is the sort of ballad of Brienne, yeah. like, that she was, she's a knight deserving of a ballad. Like, she's she's the kind of uh, knight from the songs that, like, we always hear from the people who really have pure vision. She
0: even has that uh, line where she says to Catelyn, you know, they don't sing yeah. songs of women who die in childbirth. In the most bloody war. Sure, that's the most bloody war. She yeah. says, you know, and they don't sing songs of them. They sing of the men going into battle over idiotic things. I was like thinking about like her, her journey in a
1: very ballad way. Like it's like let's break down what did she have to deal with growing up. And I was thinking when I wrote this song, my my instantaneous thought was. Bruce Springsteen singing, not enough daughter, not enough son, and like it's this very like angsty, like visceral, like gutsy moment of like she doesn't fit this this world even at all. Like she's honestly too good for us. And and like had to endure all of this shit that none of us have to deal with. I mean like So these three suitors, it was like, it was very much a tale. The tale of Brienne.
0: (laughs) It was perfect because you had two verses, a bridge, and a good, like, rock and roll chorus. Like, it was just like such a, it was, like you said, Bruce Springsteen, like, just very, like, you're banging your head, like, yeah, this is a rock and roll song. Yeah. It's a ballad. It's a... Yeah. And, like,
1: I thought about this, like, gotta make, like, I'm gonna make good on my promises, like, to say, like, I wrote this right at the end of season five. It was, like... Right before she finally meets Sansa again, you know. So, um, there was this feeling like Brienne is due to win at some point. Like she is so good, she gets to like, like I hope she gets to meet up with people she's she's bound to protect.
0: I know? hope so too. But you know the gods aren't no. Good, like
1: so. I don't think like in the books like it's gonna be perfect. Like however it works out, no, well, it's gonna suck. But like. I hope that she gets the opportunity again to, yeah. Well, and how
0: bad could it suck? I mean, at this point, she's had half her face. Yeah, right, off. she's a mess. I, <laughs> yeah, Brienne is literally a mess, and
1: I hope that she gets to do the thing that she hopes she can do, which is at least moderately protect the Stark girls. Moderately.
0: <laughs> I mean, the show, it's so funny, because against all odds, they set her up, and I'm like, I want Brienne to protect the Starks, but in the show, they, like, didn't... Uh, she fucked up! Yeah. Like, they made her fuck up, and I, I mean, whatever, it's because they hate women, but we'll sure. keep going. And they, she was, like, there, and then she was like, I'm gonna kill Stannis instead, and I'm like, that's not what Brienne's gonna do in the books, that's not a thing. Right. Making Brienne's plot more about killing Stannis than making... That's not what she's gonna do. Right, that even. was a
1: tough moment, for sure.
0: I'm not saying I expect Stannis to, like, you know... Last to the very last chapter a dream, like no, but
1: Right. Right. No, there's there there is something there for her. I mean, it's tricky. She's uh, I want her to be challenged because I think I think that like pure goodness needs to be challenged in a story.
0: Um, there's a really interesting theory. I don't know if you've read it. Mm. Really good friend of mine, Matt, uh Joe Magician forty two mm-hmm. wrote this theory a while ago and it's one of my favorite theories. And I know I'm not the first person to like just be excited about it he wrote this theory about how with the five year gap because you know George cut five years he was going to do a five year gap Uh, Brienne there are little echoes around the books in general things from the five year gap he says things like Littlefinger even like says stuff like I had hoped for five years to you know sow this seed you know fucking like you're like looking at the camera like okay George Brienne uh, they have the echo of Brienne in Pretty Maris no because totally totally she looks totally jacked and just like is bitter and me and joined a sword company and that's like what could have happened to brienne yeah. or the the dark side you know like so it's really interesting
1: like keeping that character alive because she's in the thing that you're writing you know so it's like we're gonna keep her going
0: <laughs> that's brienne's dark side that's a uh, phasma bizarro brienne Brianne, yeah, crazy. I love that theory though. It's such a good, and I think there's so many echoes of that. Mm-hmm. Um I think that Brienne, like, I'm gonna read this passage. Uh it's a long passage, so like who knows if I'll keep it. I might just be like, read this passage, bitch, with a like, <laughs> oh. Uh <laughs> I so Brienne's story, like I feel like I got a lot on my chest lately about about Sir Heil Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people try to give a lot of excuses for us or Heil Hunt, all uh, like, hey, he's not that bad, he tried to be better, but, like, he didn't, you know what <laughs> I mean, uh, ever. And, like, Brienne straight tells us that, but, like, I feel like anyone that's never had a deal with being bullied or, like, having, like, a weird, intimately, like, bad relationship like that of people, like, trying to trick them and just, like... In Feast, she has all these chapters that are just, like... She's looking for Sansa. She's trying to fulfill her vows. And this passage, she's basically talking about Renly came to uh, the Reach, and she rode all the way across the Reach to join him because she thought his message was so good, and he was courteous, and he welcomed her to his service. But his lords and knights were like, no way. Renly didn't care about who joined his camp as long as he had people join his camp. You know, like, he... He obviously wanted people to love him. And he was like, cool, uh, she's in, this girl's in me. But other people didn't take that so easy. They didn't want a woman knight. She should be at home banging and putting out kids. Like, that's the idea of women, then, for them. Right. That's what they did. And she has this whole passage where she starts, and Big Ben Bushy was the first, one of the few men in Runley's camp who overtopped her. He sent his squire to her to clean her mail and made her a gift of silver drinking corn. Sir Edmund Ambrose went with him one better, bringing flowers and asking her to ride with him. Sir Hyle Hunt outdid them both. He gave her a book, beautifully illuminated and filled with a hundred tales of knightly valor. He brought apples and carrots for her horses and a blue silk plume for her helm. He told her the gossip of the camp said clever, cutting things that made her smile. He even trained with her one day, which meant more than all the rest. She thought it was because of him, the others started being more courteous. More than courteous, at table men fought for the place beside her, offering to fill her wine cup or fetch her sweetbreads. Richard Farrow played love songs at his lute outside her pavilion. Sir Hugh Beesbury brought her a pot of honey as sweet as the maids of Tarth. Sir Mark Molendore made her laugh with the antics of his monkey, a curious little black and white creature from the Summer Islands. A hedge knight called Will the Stork offered to rub the knots from her shoulders. Brienne refused them. She refused them all. When Sir Owen Inchfield seized her one night and pressed a kiss upon her, she knocked him arse backwards into a fire. Afterwards, she looked at herself in a glass. Her face was broad and buck-toothed and freckled as ever, big-lipped, thick of jaws, so ugly. All she wanted to was to be a knight and serve King Renly. Yet now, it was not as if she were the only woman there. Even the camp followers were prettier than she was, and up in the castle, Lord Tyrell feasted King Renly every night. Whilst highborn maids and lovely maidens dance to the music of pipe and horn and harp. Why are you being so kind to me? She wanted to scream every time some strange knight paid her a compliment. What do you want? Eventually, we continue on, and Dickon Tarley heard four knights making fun of her, saddling up their horses, saying that they had a wager. Three of the younger knights had started it. Ambrose, Bushy, Heil, Hunt, one of the original three, I want to put that out there, hmm. uh, started this game saying if you bought into the contest with the gold dragon, the sum would go to whoever claimed her maidenhead. If you love Heil Hunt or you defend him, like, just think <laughs> about that. He was one yeah. of three people who headed the game for Brienne's virginity. It like, was that's a, fucked up. It was a fucking bet. Am I a fucking bet? <laughs> like, what the fu- People literally, like, think... Like, okay. You know what? I'm beating a dead horse on this. This person, like, literally like blocked me and followed me, whatever, but they gave me- someone gave me a 10 tweet defense piece about Heil Hunt, but I'm sorry, when you hear that story, he was one of three people who started a bet saying, and this person defended it saying that was how it was, but well, this person started a bet for money. Gold dragons, more money than you or I would make in Westeros. If we were in Westeros, we would be broke, A. B, we'd only be ahead because we'd be pushing babies out because we're hot young women. (laughs) I don't have skills. Yeah. Okay, I have, like, two skills. But, like, I don't have skills. And I would be banging some old dude for his money. I mean, that's Westeros, dog. When someone
1: says this is how it was, first off, we're talking about a fix- a fictional universe, but... Not se- even a real universe. Secondly, secondly, if we're talking about something that like kind of equates to our historical history, like, uh, 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 fine, fine, fine. But I would say uh, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous to say that that's what would happen because that is what bad people do. Uh, if this was part of our society and you're just a dude going after what's right, you try to find some fertile young fucking whatever, you know? That's what you do.
0: You fought. And like, I'm not trying to be a dick. When I say this, but like it hasn't changed that much. No, it it's still assholes, right? Like this. Right, but like, so like you can't defend these actions of a fictional universe that would have taken place a long time right, ago. But I real. can, I
1: can more defend a dude who is just like she was hot, so I fucked her. You know, I can almost exactly. more defend that dude. At least be like, that's how fucking nature works.
0: <laughs> yeah. Person that defended this to me was like. It was back then, whatever, and I'm like, okay, so you would bet right now for someone's virgin? Right, if that's you're right. shitty. You
1: still, you are still competing against. Like the reason there was a competition was because she was she was masculine and large, and but she was also a woman, and she yep. was she was something that like seemed weird and other to you, and that's why it was a challenge, and that's. 'Cause you wanted right. to conquer
0: it. Right, that's, that's what it was. That
1: some dude being like, Oh, I saw lesbians and I decided uh, that I decided that, that was a thing I wanted to conquer. I
0: had to prove they were I loved had
1: to prove me. that like I could I could get a lesbian to like me. Like it's the same dumbness as that or, or like whatever. I I don't know, whether it's gender or sexual orientation or just general presentation, I feel like trying to conquer someone
0: for the thing that they like aren't is insane. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And, like, literally, she spends all of Brienne 5 in a feast where Crows, like, saying, Heil Hunt was no true knight. Uh, she did not say the words aloud, not where Heil Hunt might hear her and mock her. Heil Hunt, uh, like, just, like, all this, like, he was a He's dick. I hurt by him. Like, yes, once they are out doing
1: their shit together, like, he he kind of pulls it together. I don't know if that,
0: that makes someone good. Like, no. No, it doesn't. Exactly. And that's the biggest, like, you're not good for just, like, pretending to be exactly. good. Exactly. You are, st- like, uh,
1: ultimately, you are always Freddie Prince Jr. And she's all that. You made a fucking bet.
0: <laughs> the asshole, like, I'm such a nice guy. Right. Like, the other guys were real that you still started a bet for my vagina. Yeah, like, ew, ew.
1: ew. He gave her a book. What an asshole.
0: Oh, that's the thing, is like this person argued with me that because he gave her nicer presents that actually had something to do yeah. with her, she should that's have banged it. That like, person
1: is a bad person. Yeah. I'm
0: sorry. Like you love Jorah. This person probably loves yeah. Jorah. They love Hyle Hunt. Like, if you love Jorah and you love Hyle Hunt, you probably A shouldn't be listening to this <laughs> podcast. Because I hate you. I feel like I should be more ap- I'm not apologetic. No. And B... B, like don't why why? Why do you do that? I just I don't get it, dude. Like I just I feel I, don't I am get it. I don't actual fuckhead Heil Hunt. I don't when I when I read it okay, I'm, I'm I know, I'm, I feel the same way. Okay. It. I'm really glad we just bitched about Heil Hunt for so long. I fucking hate Yeah, Heil he Hunt. sucks. That all sucks. He fucking sucks. Um could you imagine hating Brienne that much? Right? Right oh. to just be like that's not even a human ship hile hunt and brienne get
1: the fuck go go stop no, that's somebody that's somebody who doesn't view someone else as a person that's insane
0: meninist uh, <laughs> exactly if you love Heil hunt you're a meninist <laughs> now that is canon yeah. oh my god i can't wait so speaking of us being ridiculous um like, Let's talk about. Yes. We have this panel at Ice and Fire yeah, Con this year in a few weeks, 21 29. days. Holy shit, dude. I haven't downloaded shit for a pa- What are we going to, What are we doing right. at Ice and Fire? So, Con, on Thursday night, here's the deal. Here's Thursday the deal.
1: There is never before been programming on Thursday. Night.
0: <laughs> and we are opening the program. Ice and Fire Con is the premiere a Song of Ice on Fire convention. is the
1: bomb. Okay, so I went last year because I was invited because I wrote this record. And I had never been to a convention before. And I've said this before. <laughs> but...
0: You're doing but amazing, sweetie. But
1: I, I did not do anything... Last year, I just partied. I I played my record and then I just drank and met new people and had an incredible time. And it was the most valuable thing I think I, I feel like I've ever done. Like, and so I've been so stoked to go back. And this year, like my band, my band and I are not playing playing, but I'm doing some related stuff. We're doing like. I'm doing a little sing-along shit. We're like, I'm a part of a, a panel where we talk about songwriting, which is kind of neat, like um, just sort of like art about art kind of panel. And then Chloe and I on Back. Thursday night, which is not even <laughs> when the con starts, we are like Day zero. It is day zero. It's when people are just like rolling in.
0: <laughs> Ready? When you come to Ice and Fire Con, you have, like, this feeling where you're, like, I'm home. Yes. And, like, so you haven't had this feeling quite yet. You're about to. You are. Um, Honestly, no, you're even about to, Haley. You're second. (laughs) So my first Ice and Fire Con, I found Ice and Fire Con on Tumblr. I was really into cosplay and going to cons (laughs) and writing. And I was just, like, people love A Song of Ice and Fire enough to cosplay from the book. Yeah. Okay. And I was on Tumblr in A Song of Ice and Fire cosplay tag. And I was just, like, looking, and I was like, <laughs> these people go to a con yeah. where they love this. Like, it's a thing. All of them go to this con, and they all love this. And I was like, all right. And so I get in there, I'm like, I got to go to this con. It's my birthday present to myself. I am mm. an April baby. So, like, I was like, end of the month, April, I got to go. I got to go. It's yeah. So I grabbed my best friend, Elena, and I was like, let's go to this con. We go, and we fall in love. And we aren't even, like, in the first year, like, at first, we were like, oh, these people, it's a small con. It's a, like I a was, con. I was
1: mega not in my first year. Like, I was like, like, I I did a, <laughs> I did a show, so I was
0: like, kind of like, some people. Thursday night last year, or yeah, last year, it was me and Elena's second year, so we're like, wow, these people actually give a shit about us for the first, and we're yeah. like, oh. And there's like, again, 200 people-ish at this con last year, and like, we don't know anyone at all. And we're like, we got to make friends, like, the first year. Not Aww. the year you came, the first year. And baby Elena and Chloe, we didn't know anyone, and we were scared. And I was like, but we're cosplaying, we're having fun, we're going to go to every event, we're going to yeah. do it. It's my birthday present. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm like, I am so not going to sleep the whole weekend in my own room alone. Like, we're to go. <laughs> so we went the first year, and, like, we, like, pushed ourselves into events, and we had fun, and we met people. And the second year, we, got, we like, felt in finally. We're like, man, we know everyone. We hung out last year. Like, we we get people we love this series we love these people they're all great this is a family and we show up and we go to some party and it, we're about to leave it's like 1 a.m 2 a.m because elena and i decided to dedicate our lives and start volunteering that year. yeah because we're like wow we love like literally we went to this convention and i hate work and i love this con so much i do so much work for nothing like oh, just yeah. like, hang out like i love them these are my people, dude. I want, I love that about community, man. This fandom is so cool. Yes. Everybody in this fandom is like, let's listen to music about Game of Thrones. Let's like talk about it every day, all the time. Like, <laughs> these people are huge nerds. You're all fucking nerds. Le- like, literally, you.
1: like today, I'm thinking about Hile Hunt. Like, that
0: is exactly what this fandom is. <laughs> <laughs> that is, dude. Like, are you not? Dude, I just talked about the Manimals who do a fucking. Game of Thrones concept album for, like, a good hour. Like, I described lyrics <laughs> and my feelings about them. Like, I just... And I created a space for people to yeah. listen to me do that. Like, that's hey. how this fandom is. It's so cool. It's so badass. Yeah. And Ice and Firecon, like, solicits that. Like, we all, like... Everyone there, we're like, let's have a good time. Let's be nerdy. Let's fucking... If you want to dress up, you can dress up. You don't want to dress up. Don't fucking dress up. No one cares, dude. Uh, I showed up my second year... And I was at this party, and at 2 a.m., I looked at Elena, and I was like, we have to wake up early for our shifts for volunteering tomorrow. We need to go back to our room. Now. And she's like, no, you're so right, because we were all doing shots of tequila. And we're (laughs) like, we gotta stop. So (laughs) there was more to that. Uh, Elena and I were like, we have to go. We have to stop drinking, and we have to go home to our room, our hotel room, over at the lodge, and we have to sleep. And as we left, you walked in. (laughs) And I was like, that's Haley from the Manimals. And I was like looking at Elena. I'm not kidding, dude. I looked at Elaine and I was like, but well, we should stay. And she's like, you just spent half an hour telling me we have to go home, bitch. Nah. We have to go home. Like, don't try to play this game. And I was like, okay. So we left. You were like, hey. And you like waved to us. And I was like, that was it. And the next night you guys played. And I was like, this is so badass. Like, it was such a fun, like, all of us are such tight-knit nerds that like, we love a song of ice and fire. We love Game of Thrones. We love everything to do with it. We love the Manimals because they play about Game of Thrones. They play a Game of Thrones album, and like everyone was just like hype, even if they had never heard the Manimals. Everyone was at that concert that night, like just bopping around, oh, you know, yeah. like just like jumping. It was bad. It was literally dude. the coolest experience of my entire
1: life because, uh, I okay, so like I've been I I've been doing a band for a long time, and there was a little yeah. there was a little hiatus where I decided. I was going to stop, like, for whatever no. reason. I, like, I live in New York. There's a lot of people doing bands. I was, yeah. I was bummed out about the whole thing, you know, like how stuff goes. when We make art stuff. And for whatever reason, there was, like, this period of time. The period of time when I quit doing music was when I became sort of obsessed with Song of and Fire. And so I, I decided to write this thing, and it came out of, like, such a pure spot, like, being like... I I I don't care <laughs> if people yeah. ever like this. I just like want to write this nerd ass record where I get to talk about a, a thing I like and, and and I just trusted that the fact that I liked it so much would carry it and it did like because I got to go some cool places because of it. But literally the coolest moment of my entire life and like when i got home and i talked to my mom on the phone she was like you remember that for your entire life <laughs> which was that like singing oh, yeah. singing my songs and looking out and seeing people sing along some people crying some people dancing (laughs) people just people knowing them already it was like the most incredible thing and I was like hey this is where I'm supposed to be like this is why I wrote it I wrote it because like I was hoping people would come across this magical little thing where it was like I I ran out of stuff I want more stuff I want more story I want more emotion I want more all of that so like it was very special to like be like i'm I'm in a place where people came because they wanted more of it they wanted more of the feeling they wanted more of those characters they want more of the emotion
0: so i think that's so important and especially like it's so cool to be in such a open community that breeds that fosters yeah. that kind of feeling and behavior like ice and fire con for me is like that i've been so a part of inclusive cons that are like yeah oh no we like these and like You know, you cosplay, you do this. You you want to fit in. You want to feel geeky and normal in this crowd. But Ice and Fire kind of think the intimacy of that is what's so cool. Is that like you start to know everyone after a couple years. You start to hang out. You start to like know. Hey, these people fucking love the fandom so much they wrote an album about it. (laughs) Like these people like write metaphor free every day. These people write theories. These people like just want to chat about it. Like there's so you don't have to be just a creator in this community. You could just be a person consuming and you're still respected. And oh, I think yeah. it's cool that everyone here respects that. I think uh, I said fire going would be so fun this yeah. year because we had a really big increase of people coming in. Uh, the final numbers will be revealed, I'm sure after the con, but like. Yeah, it seems like a lot more. Yeah. If you haven't but. booked a room for Thursday night, if you're only Friday through Sunday, I strongly recommend just like right now getting on your boss and be like, Hey, remember when I did that thing that was really good and you should give me another day off? Because like Thursday night, Haley and I have this panel as we've been teasing, and it's it's <laughs> gonna be if you enjoyed our book versus show kind of drunk banter earlier where we <laughs> hey we don't hate the show we don't I yeah dude I love media that's so watered down I don't have to think about it and. <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually, like, really enjoy it. Haley. so here's the <laughs> deal. Haley's gonna keep me in check on her drinking got side, and I'm gonna keep her in check on my drunk A-swap side and be like, okay, but remember how this in the books and this, and it makes all that bullshit? And she's like, but Chloe, appreciate this. And, like, we are gonna have perfect harmony, <laughs> A. Like, it's just gonna be perfect. And, B, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, bring some, like show, like, show moments where I'm like, it made me think of this oh, yeah. quote, because, like, I like to watch it and get sad. Like, Daenerys... Touching the sand on Dragonstone, fuck, what a moment, dude, what a queen.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: They're good, they're really good. And you watch it, your bitch ass watched Bro, it. They they
1: put out, like, literally, lit- listen, even if we are mad about Game of Thrones, they made a five minute silent scene of Daenerys experiencing- it, like, her experience so in her good. home again. Like, I thought that, like, that was one of the things, like, okay, so recently I rewatched, as I said, like, just to prepare for Ice and Fire Con and our panel, just to be like, so I remember everything. And I was like, wow, like, a five-minute scene, though? Like, that is such a trust in your audience, believing they're smarter, which I often think the show doesn't think, you know? And it's like being like, we're, we are... We understand <laughs> feelings and depth, and we are going to watch this girl come home for the first time, and that is a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Like, what a what a lovely trust in your audience. Okay, but
0: also at the same time, I can't remember... <laughs> um, there used to be a number floating around, but somebody, like, tracked the number of how long we watched people walking in Season 7 promos. And I feel like it was, like, seven minutes or something. It was really That's interesting. Really, that um, is believable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not it was really wrong. funny. I can't, like, I can't lie. That was pretty good. Like, I mean, you have to Hollywood in general. You can't, like, it is what it is, dude. That's what we've oh, gotten. Yeah. That's how it's all gotten. Wa- I still appreciate it. I mean, yeah. Like, this is such a nerd culture thing that like no one in their right mind would ever promote a Song of Ice and Fire this big if it wasn't a big moneymaker. So I get that. Like Game of Thrones is amazing. I mean, watching uh, all of it, like watching Viserion, like written by the Night King, that's some fan service to the extreme. But like at the same time, like it's amazing. Yeah. Like, well, we need we need some plot
1: forward motion when we watch it. Like we're very less much less patient when we're seeing something in front of us. <laughs> so, I get Absolutely. it. And and I also like there I have loads of criticism about season 7 and most of it has to do with like the speed that oh, yeah. major the, pacing. The, the the major like major emotional moments happened with such speed and like if like obviously As we were talking about, I wrote a record about feelings (laughs) in A Song of Ice and Fire. So it's like, I really care about people's feelings. And, like, when I see them get rushed, when it's like, hey, I want you to ship this character now, like, these two people now, like, it feels, I don't like it. I don't like to be forced. and
0: that's really interesting, too, because, I mean, look at Good. Look at your song Good about Brienne. I mean, that's stuff that... They glossed over Brienne didn't yeah. matter for her whole story in the show. And I get that. Okay. They have to compress things. I mean, look at how Aegon was cut. Fake Aegon yeah. was cut. Uh, Arianne <laughs> right. was cut. The most important parts of Dorne were completely cut. It's fine. Dorne, and yeah. It's not racist. So um, <laughs> she said. And <laughs> I said what I said, okay? I get it, d d You don't care yeah. about women or about people of not white color. It's fine. Sure. So, they don't. But, you know, you got to compress it and you got to cut what's not important to you, which is brown people or women. And Bro,
1: silver hair only. Only. <laughs> <out here. laughs>
0: only. Like, <laughs> Sir Barristan gets to survive till his shitty death because, I mean, he kind of deserves it. It, it. Sir... Barristan and Selmy, as I have some followers call him, because he's the worst and whatever. <laughs> Selmy, oh no! <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. Barriston and Selmy, dude. All he does is he sits there and he's like, "Ashara oh, should have married me and loved me for seven hundred years because, like, I would have saved your life." Shit, no. I've never
1: heard Barriston and Selmy, and I'm obsessed.
0: Barriston and Selmy might be my favorite fan creation. I love that. It's Genius. so good, so good, so good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Uh, here we are. But no <laughs> man, like it is, like you said, a lot of emotion. I'm really excited because like so we're doing the top yes. ten best and worst moments. Yeah. Of season seven. Uh because I feel like, okay, as far as the show goes, season five was a splitting season, as yes. we know. Um and it wasn't very canonical, as we no. know. And we know not to take it canon. We know it was meant to cut a bunch of time. In a small, like, season. Like, it was like, let's make all these cuts so we can make six and seven the best. And I get that. Yeah. Kind of sucks because there's no, like, impact of any of the seasons now. And it all sucks. But it's fine. (laughs) And, uh, like, six and seven, I take the fan service. I take Daenerys touching the sand. I take Sansa Mm -hmm. with the Knights of the Veil parading around her. Like, I take that I take it all. Whatever. Ramsay, kill him. Sure. Whatever. I I don't care anymore. I'm jaded. And um, (laughs) they ruined everything already. So I can't be mad. I just love it from what it is. It's garbage, medieval trash. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, next season even, we'll still have that garbage, medieval trash, great feeling about it, and we are going to count down what our best and worst moments were. We're going to show some clips. We're going to have some, like, live, drunk, as If you love this, yeah. you're going to love the panel. If you can put Ice and Fire on it's just going to be Haley and I, just, like, drunk eh. bantering back and forth it's gonna be us irl doing it like in person people going you guys are the worst and we'll go yeah we are so i'm
1: hoping that we can make up a live drinking game for it in some way
0: we should you, figure know, I that. Will. you know it's <laughs> gonna be me telling you like drink every time uh Euron doesn't have blue lips
1: <laughs> all the time
0: <laughs> the whole right season about.
1: The whole season, the fact that like he swaggers in like Jack Sparrow and then his hot thin. topic outfit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I was like, he looks hot, but what?
0: <laughs> I did Pilo, pillow pillow. How do I? Do you know? Uh, is it pillow as Beck? I don't know. Hello? Hello? Pilo. We don't know. Hello. We don't know. I feel really bad. I feel like I should know that. Um,
1: we should. We should. Someone correct we'll me.
0: I know someone will, so someone correct me. And if you we'll do, figure you're it out a nerd. You just uh, proved that you listened to, like, an hour and a half of this. So, yeah, uh, really, nerd. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, like, Pailu. I feel like it's Pailu, but that makes me think of, like, Caillou, the bald kid. Like, Aegon style. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, like, Aegon the unlikely style. That's Caillou. So. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Egg, that's egg, Caillou is egg <laughs> Caillou is egg Cannon, the end <laughs> That's it, that's Duncan Egg, that's Han Novala's end, the end, yeah I don't know, it's gonna be so fun, we're gonna like be drunk I feel like, who do you think is Am I gonna get drunker first? I think I'll get drunker first
1: Well, I, I think it depends What kind of game we play, should we play A game based on the clips we play Or based on what each other Does
0: I I think, like, like
1: us Us in our own bullshit
0: every time chloe gets mad drink you'll be bombed Um, i don't don't know know. uh i feel like maybe like from crowd comments even i guess like if someone's like i think this and we go oh yeah same we just get drunk uh but i feel like we're so we're gonna like describe like all these fucking like we're gonna describe each episode moment that we're like saying is top 10 or lowest 10 uh, yeah, I think we we might end up having like 10 best 10 worst because like there's so many clips you and I are so I know
1: I, I have a lot that I wrote down that I didn't end up put on our, our like official list where I was like, I don't know if this is something we can capture visually, like just a <laughs> sort of vibe, a vibe that I didn't like or a vibe that I did like. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Bad mood. <laughs> we have to like be very. We gotta work on this this week, but we have to be like very yeah. objective here because you know how the fans are of the show and the books. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, this is for the people, not us. But it's, it's for, for us. The people. It's we'll get.
1: For we will be the drunkest, and then we'll go to all the Thursday night parties, and it'll be the best.
0: Yeah. Uh. Really cool. So ice and fire con this year. I'm so excited. As we said, it's gonna be big. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't bought a ticket, you have. How much days, Haley? How many? I think it's 21 days until the 21 con. days till the con. Um, and April 20th is the last day for tickets. If you Ooh. want to like really pit Haley and I against each other and you still want to come, you can either use MANIMAL <gasps> as a code for five <laughs> animals, Manimals. 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 Sorry, don't mean yeah. to uh make it bad here. Uh, MANIMALS, <laughs> you can use MANIMALS for five dollars off your ticket or. Could use TPOMF, which is for the page of many faces, but just pretend it's drunk A swath. And but uh, her's is T-P-O-M-F. A, confuse,
1: a, a confusing acronym,
0: whereas mine's a word. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to fight you right now because we still have to go through this panel. So, oh
1: lord, um, okay, no, it's gonna be super super fun, and I think uh, yeah, everyone should go to it. Are you doing other what other panels are you doing?
0: Oh my god, okay, um. It's a good thing. I feel like this year I'm actually light on panels. I, uh, okay. Friday, so you're, you're volunteering throughout, like, and doing work, it. Yeah, right? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm marketing director for Ice and Fire. Yeah. Home, so anytime you see something posted, it might be me. I can't yeah. confirm or deny. Uh, it's definitely me. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm doing the drunk A swap and drinking gut panel Thursday night, which is really fun. Friday, uh, I'm in a couple things. I'm running registration at some point, so I'll be checking people in and hanging out and just hanging out with uh, Dom Tardigalia. He and I (laughs) always do registration on Fridays together, so that'll be fun. There's a small council meeting if you're interested in just, like, asking questions or, like, giving suggestions to the people that create this con and make sure it happens. Come Thursday night before the Drunk Ace Waff Drinking Got panel and hang out with us. I can't remember the room. I'll post it on some point at the Twitter, but... Uh come hang out with us for sure. We'll just like bullshit and talk about things that can make the con better, which is always good. And then Friday, I'm running the Snarks and Grumpkin hunt. If you haven't ever done it, it's really fun. It is a uh kind of like Gishwiz, uh Misha Collins who does Gishwiz uh from Supernatural, the guy from Supernatural, you know what I'm saying? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. He runs this like photo scavenger hunt on the internet, and it's like a big thing. I think it benefits stuff. That sounds awful. Uh, Lotta, who is great, she's a big uh Swath community person. She yeah. does it every year and she always posts about it and I don't follow it often but we're doing something, we always do something similar. It's a Snarks and Crumpkin hunt. Uh, I run it. You get to do you get a list of like photo things to take pictures of. So like take a picture of something that resembles this or like <laughs> take a picture of a flower. Liana was fond of flowers. Like that kind of shit. There's like some really fun shit and There are, this year, some fun Easter eggs of you find a plushy dragon, you get an extra five points, and, like, you turn in at the end. Uh, Just, I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's, like, a big fun photo hunt, and I get to drink wine while I wait for people to come back and judge them, and I love judging people. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, that's my Friday, and then there's the musical, Super Secret, Top Secret, happening that night, as you know. I heard that. (laughs) There's a musical that night. We're doing a, there's a a Song of Ice and Fire, Ice and Fire Con musical happening with some people that are volunteers, staff, friends, whatever, joining in. So it's kind of like the only thing happening for an hour and a half. And I suggest you come to it if you're coming. And then after that, um, I'm running karaoke for an hour. We have karaoke this year.
1: You're running karaoke. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, it's the first hour, dog. So I'm going to be up there singing. I already have plans. Probably Total Eclipse of the Heart or like I'm uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. So uh, <laughs> I'm ready. Yes.
1: Those are good ones. Yeah. That's
0: my. What are your karaoke songs? I don't know. I really like
1: saying Kiss Me Deadly by mm. Lena Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I like anything salt and pepper. I like anything, uh, yeah, salt and pepper or a, like a good. Oh my agenda. god! Do you
0: want to do push it together? Yeah, I could
1: do push it. I'm really good at shoop. Um, <gasps> Oop. What can you talk about? Yeah, it's my
0: favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we I'm should. We'll talk about it. Yeah, Yay. it's getting um, fun. That's Friday. Yeah, that's Friday, dude. And then Saturday. Um. Oh my god, I am doing. There's a the trial. Did you hear about the mock trial? I did. There's a mock trial. It sounds like it's going to be Game of Thrones versus Song of Ice on Fire for characters and their gray morality. So and I hear I have to defend the show, possibly. <laughs> it's not funny. Fuck you, Hayley. You're going to have um, so much
1: fun. It's going to be so good.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to find the most bullshit loopholes and be like, but if I was a show watcher watching the show, it's good. I'm going to okay. be so mad after that. You know, I'm going to get drunk. Like, I'm just gonna be like, let's get drunk. I'm We're so going to have right the best Saturday night. <laughs> I can't what wait. You're <laughs> and dude, uh, and then Sunday, I know I'm helping with a few things here and there, but otherwise it's like uh, the end of the silent auction, end of like, you know, there's a couple panels that day. Are you uh, still alive da- on Sunday? <laughs> really? I'm not answering that publicly, so uh, we'll see. But so, you know I'm not. Um, Sunday, there's that. The wolves are there again. So Friday, we have the wolves. Yeah. And Sunday, we have wolves. There are wolves at Ice and Fire Con this year. So excited Because I hear the wolves will come again. And uh, my son, Jojen Reed, told me that. And (laughs) (laughs) he's my child. They'll Um, come again. But that, and then there's like closing ceremonies, dude. And then they're like, anyone that's staying, if you don't want to go home Sunday, if you're staying an extra day, if you have a room booked, then I'm going home just because I got to work. Bitches got to work, make real money. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) if you want. Me to not work as much. I do have a link that I will post this to a Kofi account. If you appreciate anything from Drunk Asoth, this is done out of goodness of my heart. Buy me a drink, send me a couple bucks, and just buy me one drink. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. This is fun for me. This is literally this is it. Once a week, I just want to like, dude, get drunk and just talk about A Song of Ice and Fire. That's it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. But uh. That's it, dude. Like, Sunday, then we all go home, and we're all really depressed for another year. <laughs> you know I mean? It's true.
1: But the friendships you've made.
0: Yeah. Like, your first year, you go to a song of Ice and Fire cons. Like, the first Ice and Fire con you ever go to, you'll be awkward, and you'll be like, it was fun. It was so fun. But, like, after, you'll be like, oh, I can't wait till next year. You go back, and that's the year. The second year is the year. Yeah. So, like, Haley is about to have that. I'm so excited. about to, like... Oh, uh, your second year, dude! You're gonna have so much fun. It's like a, it's like a second year school. You're just like these are my buddies. Me, yeah. we went to a Song of Ice and Fire camp.
1: Totally, <laughs> bro. Like, I mean, I, I had a great time year one, but then like as soon as I got home, like everybody wants to like.
0: Be friends on the internet, like
1: get into Family. each other's shit, and like be involved in everything. And like there is like I'm in New York and there's a little New York contingent, and like all of them have come to out to my shows. We've become really good friends. It's been a very
0: cool thing. So I feel like you're yeah, two um, is-Jason Alden. A- Jason Alden comes out to your shows, I know, right? Jason Alden has come out to so many shows. He's the bomb. But dude, he's the shit. Jason Alden's one of my really good friends, yeah. and he's a big fan of the podcast, so. Big plug for Jason. Jason. Oh, man, he's always so much fun. Jason's come out <laughs> to just like parties at my house. <laughs> Dude, he's great. He's he's like such a like dad friend, though. Like he will always take care of you. Like I know. Uh, Ice and fire con He always he makes these kick ass Jolly Rancher shot glasses. Dang they're kind of sticky after a couple days but like they're worth it yeah. like you fill it with some vodka and you're like this tasted great like Jason's yeah. the best Jason dude. is someone who at the end of
1: anything I do he's always like are you sure you're okay to go home and I'm like yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But what a dad friend <laughs> what a dad friend but the last one of the last big events he came to was a show where I made an incredible jello shot that was like a tiki drink and he was like you must make these for Ice and Con so I think that's going to be one of
0: the goals Oh, that's like a super Stannis Melisandre drink.
1: Yeah, it's a tiki thing. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good one. We'll
0: see. I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, I'm very stoked for my second year. Bringing my boyfriend for his first time. We're all gonna hang out again. It's gonna be very good.
0: I can't wait for that. It's gonna be fun. Um, my significant other will be there. Yeah. And I will be there, and you and yours, and all of our fam, dude. This is a. Thursday, if you're going to Ice and Fire Con, if you haven't heard about it, I hope I'm not the first time you're hearing of it, but, (laughs) um, an unofficial fan party that happens every Thursday, an unofficial party that attendees throw at Ice and Fire Con, it's, uh, the Thirst of the First Men, (laughs) so the Fist of the Thirst Men, it is House Skellington Mm -hmm. hosts this party. It's a bunch of friends of ours, they love Skelly tequila, Skelly vodka, whatever you want with the Skeleton bottles, um... Bring whatever you want, bring your own booze, but there's a cabin that will be having a party the Thursday <laughs> night, day zero of the con. And it'll be right after the drunk A drinking got panel. So Yeah. So it'll yeah. be a blast.
1: So it's like even if you have gotten your ticket already and you're like, I wanna go, and you're like, oh well programming pretty much starts on Friday, be aware that a bunch of cool stuff also happens
0: on Thursday. Yeah. It's gonna um, be good. And Thursday's free. I mean like yeah. badges aren't gonna be checked. If you go into this panel. It's fine. Yeah. It's totally normal. People can just wander into this panel. It'll be fun. It'll be a blast. Uh, I know sometimes, you know, people cut out Thursdays because of cost. And I get that because I'm so broke. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) it's hard. Oh, yeah. And if you are able to take that night off and you can get, like, a room spot or you can book a room that night, whatever. There are still rooms left for now. Uh, Soon, though, they'll be gone. Literally, you have, like, three... April 20th, 15 days from now, is when tickets are done. So you have 15 days to decide if you're going to come to the best thing in the whole world or not. I mean, the best. The best. Dude, it's so fun. I can't wait. The House Skelly, so, like, my big dream about the House Skellington party this year, <laughs> Uh, which one of my favorite things is every time you finish a House Skellington bottle of tequila now at the party, every time you finish it, because, like, you walk in, they're just like, you want a shot Skelly tequila? And you're like, yeah, okay. And that's where your night goes horrible. Don't do it. <laughs> you, do it. you do it, uh, but do it. <laughs> <laughs> it ruins your life, but you should. Do it. And, uh, but they hint, whenever you empty a bottle of Skelly, I came up with it last year. Someone was like, we just ran out of Skelly. And I just yelled, and now his watch has ended. And everybody just like, yeah. up, and now his watch has ended. And that was House Skelly right there, man. So, so come to the House Skellington party. You'll find it. Like, ask around. Be like, you know about the House Just we'll follow
1: everyone after me and Chloe's panel because I think only
0: people who want Literally. a party are going to be at to that. panel. <laughs> Please. <Yeah. laughs> Please come to our panel. It's going to be fun. Is what we're saying. Yeah. Man. Um... Haley, holy shit. Tell me about all the stuff you're involved with right now, oh, your projects, uh, your next shows with the Manimals. Tell me about some stuff. Oh, uh, OK. All right.
1: So the Manimals right now are recording. So that oh. is the whole thing. Like, we're not doing a ton of shows right now. We Our next thing, actually, I think, is we do a spring fling every year that, like is a 90s prom, and it's happening on June 2nd at Hank's Saloon in Brooklyn, and it's going to be a lot of fun. My band uh, pretty much cosplays as 90s, no doubt, and that's what happens. But um, yeah. it's a lot of fun. There's like a crowning of a prom king and queen. There's a bunch of dumb shit. People do a hacky
0: sack yeah. contest.
1: Everyone's oh. playing covers. It's very fun. But And I, then I end up DJing at the end of the night a bunch of really Ridiculous '90s hip hop. Third so, eye
0: blind song. Uh, sometimes, oh, no. sometimes okay, third eye
1: blind. Sometimes I'm just like, as my friends slowly regress into high school mode, I'm like, "Come on, ride the train and ride it," you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. That's great. So, like, that's what's going on. That's in June. Um, otherwise, we are recording. We're doing a new record. Um, this is also a concept album because why make an album unless it has a concept
0: <laughs> yeah i love that about
1: you <laughs> it's like why, like people like just listen to singles now so it's like why not just like make a record that means something to you that give it a straight. reason yeah so it's like so like what we're doing it is a record called multiverse um you can find us on manimals.band, dot band and we have a patreon campaign going on right now that is sort of like mm. a uh it's going to sort of eventually become an art making sort of community. Like I want to sort of create the story that goes around multiverse. Uh, It's about uh, traveling through different universes (laughs) and um, it's sort of like a love story, falling in love with yourself. It, is a bunch of fantasy sci-fi and um, a bunch of different tropes that kind of like get to play themselves out through each song like in the way that Mm -hmm. seven is point of view point of view etc like uh this is uh we get to have like a vampire story we get to have a superhero story we get to have a zombie apocalypse story and it's about like finding your way to yourself and um i think the story is going to become more clear as it goes along and that's what we're working on right now. So that's in process. But yeah, um, manimals band, we've got a bandcamp page where you can see our previous stuff, which is manimalsnyc.bandcamp.com, which is like probably the easiest place to buy our music. Although you can also do like the Spotify
0: route, the iTunes
1: route, whatever you wanna do.
0: But yeah. Hell yeah, man. I'm so excited. I uh I will admit, I pay some money monthly, not much, but... (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I I love you, too. I wish I could pay more, dude. If you have money, fucking throw it at them. Holy shit. You're the best. They deserve it. you. are the best. Whatever, dude. Manimals do this, and, like, yeah, obviously, they, like, operate off of the same artistry that everyone else operates off. They hope people give a shit, but, like, they deserve it, man. They are, uh, they're working. You guys are working. You put out a Game of Thrones concept album. I don't... <laughs> you guys are working.
1: Thank you. I love you. You're the person, like, you know. we wrote it for, so, like, that means a lot. <laughs>
0: you know? was ridiculous, but, like, honestly, that album was really important to me, man. Seven was so important to me, so, like, if you are listening to this and you're still along, please listen to Seven. I will link it, like, a lot after this <laughs> and during this. Um, I'm already linking it I have people I'm like sending it to right now that I'm like why have you still not listened? to it <laughs> uh, you can listen to it you can listen to 7 for free on Bandcamp and then you can give money after if you want and like you should I gave money you should dude they deserve it um, their other shit I, uh, I don't pay for Patreon usually I don't I don't support people because I'm an awful <laughs> person we're so, all artist people, and it's hard. I get it. Exactly. Dude, life's hard when you're starving. Yeah. And I starve all the time, and I send a dollar a month to Haley and the rest of the animals. They are goddamn animals my friends. <laughs> and uh, these animals, animals I send them money, though, monthly, because, like, a dollar a month, that's enough. I, I spend it on stupid shit, j- like, booze, obviously, to do this podcast. Truth, so, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Haley and the Manimals, like I would give them more money if I was about it. But you really should, you guys. You guys uh, need to listen to this fucking album. It's like if you're an Aesop fan, if you're a Game Learns fan, it's a fun album. Whether you like are in the lore or not, it's really good. <laughs> Emotionally, you'll connect, my friends. You will. You are the best. <laughs> I love you. You're The best. <laughs> I love you. Shit, Haley, this was so much fun. So much fun. I can't wait to do a, a fucking panel with you. We're going to record the panel, too. We're going <laughs> to post it on Drunk AceWaf. It'll be up. It'll be on the internet. So like, if hey, yeah. you can't come to Ice and Fire Con this year, I forgive you, I guess. And but come. We will come post anyway. It eventually. <laughs> yes. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. I'm thrilled. Haley, thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank um, you. I will leave links for Haley and the Manimals below. She is amazing. Uh, please come to ice and FireCon, check us out this year and have fun with <laughs> us at drunk a swap and drinking gots a uh, panel Woo-hoo. so ridiculous and I think that's it yeah thank you so
1: much for having me this was so much fun I love to talk to you and I'm happy to uh, communicate with all those out in the fandom because the good it's, people it's dope yeah
0: <laughs> they're trying to make good yeah if you're listening here I know you're trying to make good are <laughs> <Other> promises. promises <laughs> uh, yeah exactly <laughs> Ha ha ha!